If you have your Bibles today, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1. Easy to find. Go to the beginning of your Bible, the Old Testament. And uh, first book is Genesis. Grab that, Genesis chapter 1. And that's where we'll be today. We're on this series, uh, Promises of God. And last week we talked about uh, the promises of God and what that looks like. And uh, uh, just so, so you don't... Uh, Don't think that I'm uh, always just forgetting here and there. Uh, Tim last week said to me at the end of the day, he says, man, that question you asked at the end of service was awesome. And uh, and I really, really appreciated it. And I went, great, what question? You know, it's just eight hours before that I preached the message and I could remember. So when you see me having those moments of fog, it's just normal for me. I'm just foggy. And uh, so I apologize for that. What is promises of God? And what does it mean to, to hear and understand and, and realize that in God's word, he's got promises for all of us. Promises that if we hold on to them, will give us this incredible strength and, and solid footing. And it's this idea that, that God is not going to leave you nor forsake you, that he's always there with you. And so today we want to talk about what it means to reflect the image of God. What does it mean to reflect the image of God? There was a pastor who, Texas, his church was shooting a mini movie um, outside a park, and uh, they were, he was sitting on the park bench, and they were putting makeup on him, and they were getting him ready for the shoot, and, and uh, the four different people were setting up all of the sound and the camera, the little train tracks that you wheel the camera on to make sure you're not shaking the camera. So they're getting everything set up, and People are walking by the park, and they're walking by them, and you can see they're curious, and they're asking questions. What's going on? What are you guys doing? And, 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 and what's this for? And, and finally, from the back, behind the crew, this woman's voice comes out, and she says, are you somebody important? Pastor's sitting there, and she kind of starts chuckling, um, laughing at the very thought of, who are you? Are you somebody important? And that question rings out to all of us at some point, at some time in our life, this question of, am I important? Do I matter? Does my life being here on this earth make a difference? Does God even know I exist? Does people around me know I exist? What I do, what I say, is it important? Where I live, how I live, is it important? Does anybody know that I'm even alive? Am I important? Governments give us a social security number so they can track us. Corporations make us feel like a number. They give you a clock number and just every day we just kind of walk in and do our job and walk back out. Bob Seger back in the 70s, 80s sang a song, I feel like a number. You know, I'm not a number. I'm somebody. I'm something important. Our relationships, sometimes the guys make the women feel like they're just a piece of meat. Others treat us like we're just a possession. Life takes energy from us and old age takes our dignity. Are we somebody important? Most of us, when we ask that question, don't feel that way. But what if we saw ourselves the way God sees us? What if you saw yourself the way that God the Father sees you. Would that make a difference? 
Would you look at life differently? Would you think of yourself differently if you realize that the God in heaven in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 says to, and I would, I would believe the Trinity, he says, let us make man in our image. He's talking to Jesus, talking to the Holy Spirit. God the Father is talking. He says, let us make man in our image that they may reflect our likeness or our nature. God, when he spoke us into existence, made us in his image. Am I somebody important? Yes, you are. To the creator of the universe, you're important. To God, our Heavenly Father, you're important. He looks at you and sees you differently than Satan sees you. He looks at you and sees you differently than the world sees you. He looks at you and you are different in his eyes than anybody else's eyes in the world. Because when he sees you, he sees an image or a glimpse or a part of himself. Isn't that interesting? That God made you in his image, in his likeness, and when he sees you, he sees a little bit or a little part of himself. No one is God or no one can become like God. So for anyone who has that delusion, you're delusional, right? None of us can be God. None of us are like God. But yet inside us, we have the character or images, the image of God, the attributes of God. Some of the attributes we have is wisdom, knowledge, understanding, love, grace, kindness, and this longing for eternity. And when I say we have these attributes and we have these characteristics, I, I don't want you to misunderstand. We don't have them at the level that God has them. Do, do you understand that? We don't, we don't have the knowledge that God has. We think we do. If you talk to a professor, if you talk to a teacher, if you talk to a scientist, they think they know. They think they have wisdom and knowledge. They think they understand. But the reality is they know just a glimpse or a portion or a very small part of all that God knows. So our knowledge isn't as big or as great as God's. But daily God does something interesting in our lives as we seek him. He grows that knowledge and he grows that wisdom and he grows that patience if we ask him to. And we start to become more and more like God, more and more like the image of God as we say yes to him and seek him and follow him and trust him. It doesn't matter every man and woman born or pre-born, race or skin color, rich or poor, city or country, they're all made in his image. Short or tall, skinny or fat, deformed or unable to dance, uh, deformed or complete, healthy or sick, blind or sighted, deaf or hearing, mute or speaking, all are made in his image. Did you catch that? It doesn't matter whether you're black or white, your skin color doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're skinny or fat. Last night I was sitting down, it was almost 12 o'clock and I'm trying to get Isaac to sleep and Isaac doesn't like to go to sleep and so it's it's Spongebob time and we're trying to get him to get relaxed and he's, he's just about ready to pass out. He looks over at Papaw and he goes, Papaw, how'd you get that thing? He does this. <laughs> out of the mouth of babes, right? I said, I think I got this thing. 
I got this thing by eating too much and eating too late, because I put another chip in my mouth. And he says, Pat, why do you need to stop that? <laughs> you, need to, you need to lose weight. You need to work out, Pat. You need to be skinny like me and my daddy. <laughs> so, son, that's the plan. Um, and he's like, yeah, my daddy's really strong. You need to be like my daddy. I said, yeah, okay, okay. And I, I hear feel my mother. No, that's, that's nothing. My daddy's stronger. <laughs> It doesn't matter whether you're skinny or fat. It doesn't matter whether you're tall or short. It doesn't matter whether you can speak or can't speak or blind or sighted. It doesn't matter what the label the world has put on you. You need to understand that every one of us has been created in God's image. If you're seven foot tall or four foot eleven, you're created in God's image. It doesn't matter. The world gives us labels, but God sees us differently. That's important. On a weekend when we celebrate Valentine's Day and we celebrate this love for one another, and you don't necessarily have to be married or even dating to, to just let someone know you love them or care about them, right? It's this idea of, actually Hallmark's just make a lot of money, but it's this idea that we care for one another. On a weekend when we tell people how special they are to us, God wants you to know that every second, every moment, every day, every hour of your life, he sees you that way. He sees you special because you're made in his image, because you're made in his likeness. You're different than anybody else. We live in a time where we have some scientific knowledge that no other generations have ever had. We have this thing called DNA that we now understand and understand. It's been there since the moment that God breathed us into life. And it makes us different. And when we take that DNA and we calculate it out, and it runs, that number runs on forever and ever. It's a, a lengthy thing that determines who you are, determines your genetics. God made you that way, special, unique, like nobody else. You're different. It was his idea. It is so cool when you think about that God said, let us make man in our image. And we're different than anything else he created. God didn't say to the oceans, let me make you in my image. He said he created the oceans and they were, they were beautiful. They're awesome. It is good, he said. But it wasn't made in his image. The heavens declare his glory, the Bible says. But the heavens are made in his image. The animals are numerous. And man is to rule over them and to control them and to name them and to watch them and take care of them. But the reality is they're not made in God's image. You are. You're special. Your DNA is special. There's no one else like you. There's no one else who thinks like you, acts like you, talks like you, looks like you. A lot of people similar, right? Husbands, you're starting to talk like your wife, and wife, you're starting to talk like your husbands. You ever notice that? Somebody said, oh, God forbid. Right? It's real. Talk to a couple who's been married for 70 plus years, and you can see it. They're finishing each other's senses, each other's thoughts. Talk to someone who's been married 30 plus years. 
they're starting to act like each other. You know those insurance commercials where they're saying you're starting to act like your dad and something, right? It's real. You're similar, but you're not the same. Every one of you is different, created in God's image, in God's likeness. Sin may have distorted our image, but it hasn't destroyed it. Our moral purity has been tainted. Our intellect is polluted with false ideas. We have fallen prey to self-promotion rather than God-promotion. And sometimes the image of God in us is difficult to discern. God created us in his image to bear his likeness and reflect his glory, yet sometimes it's difficult to see that. But just because it's difficult to see, do not forget that it's real. New Testament describes this progress or this progressive work of God shaping us into his image. As we fellowship with God, as we read his word, obey his commands, and seek to understand and reflect his character, something wonderful emerges. In your Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says this. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they will make rule, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move among the ground. First thing I see in your notes, as we seek to be like Christ or to be like God, someone wonderful emerges. As we seek to be more like God or more like Christ, someone wonderful emerges. Not something, but someone. God changes you from the inside out. We sing that worship song, Inside Out, and it says, and it just talks about this whole image and vision of, of God is changing us from the inside out. So that it may take a while for the world to see the difference, but there's a difference. It may take a while for them to grasp it and understand it, but there's a difference. As we seek him, as we find him, as we pray, as we read, as we follow his word and obey it, things start to change in our hearts and our minds and our life, and we're different. Someone wonderful emerges. God comes out of each of us. Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 to, 7, 9 to 10 says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old selfish, old self with his practices. Verse 10 and have put on new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Your new self is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. In other words, the more and more that we start to understand God and the ways of God and the things of God, we start to talk different. We start to think different. And we start to become shaped and more and more in the image of our creator. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. As the Holy Spirit starts to work in your life, you start to become transformed into this image of God, and his glory starts to shine in you and through you. Have you ever had someone say to you, there's something different about you. I've been places and talking to people, and, and all of a sudden they'll say, are you a Christian? Yeah. You're different. Yeah, I am different. I don't know if I blame that on God, but I'm different, right? 
See, people start to see something different in your life. See, I mean, they're looking around and saying, my friends act this way, my family act this way, my workmates act this way, my schoolmates act this way. You're not acting this way. Something's different about you. What's happening? The more and more you seek God and seek after him, someone wonderful emerges. God starts to change you and shape you. As we are transforming into Christ's image and likeness, we say things that God would say. We say things that God would say. We do things that God would do. We forgive like God. We start to share like God. We start to love unconditionally like God. We become non-judgmental like God. As we get the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we gain love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. Galatians chapter 3. We start to become like him and we start to say and do things the way that God does them. That's the transformation that takes place. The world of pop psychology, magazines, universities, TVs, and movies. The world is wrong when they tell you to look inside yourself and find your value. I'm okay with looking inside yourself and realizing you're created in God's image. That's okay, but when it tells you to start looking inside yourself and, and, and it's okay that you act these what this way, and it's okay that these things now become more important than the things of God. They, they suggest that you're only good if you're thin. I was watching, I'm going to tell a lot about myself. I was watching the Hallmark Channel over the Christmas season. 80,000 Hallmark movies about Christmas. How many different ways can you tell a Christmas story? I don't know, but they figured it out. But I started to notice one day that all the men were nice and skinny and good looking. And all the women were not just skinny, they were extremely skinny. And I found it funny, uh, Hallmark, who was supposed to have some moral values, some moral uh, I don't know, guidelines to their, their work, I found it funny that it was all of the actresses weighed 110 pounds. It was like crazy. I'm like, this isn't normal. This isn't natural. Right? But the world would tell you that unless you look like that, you're not okay. The world would tell you unless your bank account is like this, that you're not okay. The world will tell you unless you live in this neighborhood or in this city, drive this car, wear these clothes. Not these clothes, to wear clothes, certain clothes, right? No one's getting excited about my Nautica shirt. I'm not setting a trend because I'm wearing Nautica. I like it though. Thank you. It, it's amazing that, that the world will tell you that's where you find your self worth, that's where you find your value. The whether your house is worth $40,000 or $2.2 million doesn't matter to God. He still loves you and he still created you in his image. Those things that the world has said is important, those things that they say are the things that we need to strive for, are not the very same things that God says to strive for. 
He says, let me create you into a new being, into my very image, into my likeness, and then you'll be something and somebody. They apply your values increase as your stamina, as your intelligence, or as your net worth grows. Religious leaders will lie to you and urge you to grade your significance according to your church attendance, self-discipline, or spirituality. Let me ask you a question real quick before we move to point two. If you attend church 52 weeks a year, on Sunday morning and on Tuesday night, and involved in Sharon's study group, Serve in every area of ministries that we provide for you, and plus you do extra outside helping others in a community. Does God love you more than the person who's only made it three times this year, doesn't do any of those other things, and hasn't had the strength to open her Bible in 10 years? Who does God love more? See, pastors would tell you it's important for you to come. By the way, please be here next week. Don't stop coming, right? Because I think there's something that happens as we attend and, and worship and, and minister together. I think something happens as God continues to transform us and change us into his likeness. That's huge. It's important. But don't buy into lie that your self-worth depends on those things. Your self-worth depends simply upon the fact that God created you in his image. Second thing I see is you are special simply because God made you in his image. You are special simply because God made you in his image. God cherishes because cherishes you because you bear his resemblance. You are special simply because God made you in his image. Simply because all these other things, do they have importance? Maybe, maybe not. The more you read your Bible, absolutely. The more you spend time in prayer, absolutely. The more you start to walk and talk like him and live like him, absolutely. But he loves you regardless. He loves you simply because he made you in his image. Let me ask you a question. How much sadness and depression would disappear if everyone simply chose to believe this promise? promises this, I was made for God's glory and I'm being made into his image. I was made for God's glory and I'm being made into his image. How much sadness and depression would disappear if that's where we found our self-worth? I love every one of my children and every one of my grandchildren. When Chardot was pregnant, I would put my head on her belly and I would listen and I would talk to them. We had already picked out the names, and I would say their name, and I would talk to them. And a little insane, right? A little crazy. How many dads have laid their head on the belly and talked to their babies? I'm the only one in the room. Come on. And I would talk to my children, and I would tell them how much I love them, how much I was looking forward to them coming and, and being a part of our family. I love all of my children. I love all of my grandchildren. Micah James is due here in a little bit. I've never met him. I've never had him spit up on me. Or pee on me. Your change is not gone. I've never had him pee on me. I've never had him cry in my arms or laugh in my face. But I love him. 
and can't wait to see him. And I don't love him because I'm some special kind of guy. I love him because part of me is in him. from you, 
when I was made in secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw, your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's such a powerful verse. Such a powerful verse. Number three, and we'll end with this. You are God's idea created in his likeness. You are God's idea created in his likeness. I don't care what the world has told you. I don't care how you feel. The reality and the truth is you're God's idea. Isn't that cool? Isn't it amazing to think that you are the way you are because that's God's idea? I'm not talking about the things that we get caught and hung up on. I'm talking about deep down inside you, the very fingerprint, very DNA, the very handprint of God is on you. You're made in his likeness. You were conceived by God before you were conceived by your parents. That one that will preach. You were conceived by God before you were ever conceived by your parents. Think about that. Before you were ever born, God knew you, thought about you, and said, I'm going to create you in my image. He didn't do that with the animals. They have no thought process, no understanding. But you do. Before you were ever conceived by your parents, God conceived you. You were loved in heaven before you were known on earth. You were loved in heaven before you were known on earth. Think about that. <laughs> it says that when one person comes to Christ, when gives her life to Christ, that the angels in heaven rejoice. I don't want to take things out of context, but there's some rejoicing going on when a child is conceived. I think there's some rejoicing going on when they're realizing that in just nine months, Micah James will be here. Just nine months, Jim's going to be here. You ever been told you were an accident? My mom was 42, my dad was 40. Guess what I was? I was an oops, baby. I was an accident. No one, not very many people plan to have children when they're 42. They're thankful. My parents were thankful, I think. Um, they're not here to tell, so I can just say whatever I want now. They're, they're past. I think they were thankful. I'm thankful. I wasn't an accident. Man, before I was a gleam in my daddy's eye, God knew me. He said, you're fearfully wonderfully made. You're beautifully made in my image. Wow. Gosh, you need to grab that today. What would happen in a world if we saw things differently? You're not an accident, you're not random, you're not a fluke of genetics or evolution. You're not defined by your weight, your hair color, your eye color, or your skin color. CEO or unemployed, doesn't matter. Hot list or not list, doesn't matter. Blue blooded or orphan, doesn't matter. High IQ or low standing, doesn't matter. First string or cut from the squad, doesn't matter. Live in a mansion or you're homeless, doesn't matter. Every person ever conceived, aborted, miscarried, or born was created by God to bear his image. Every person conceived, whether they were aborted, miscarried, or born, was created to bear God's image and deserves to be 
treated with dignity and respect. That means all people deserve to be seen for who they are, image bearers of God. Imagine the impact this promise would have in the world if everyone in society embraced it. If everyone in society, if everyone in society would embrace this idea that we're all made in his image, that we're image bearers of God, we would act and treat everybody differently. Think about that. Racism would not flourish when neighbors believed they were born in the image of God. In the 60s and the 50s, they wouldn't have told someone to go to the back of the bus because of their skin color if they realized that that person was made in the image of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? My brother was mentally handicapped. What I grew up with called mentally retarded. That was the buzzword back in the day. Now they don't say that anymore. I don't care what label you put on him. Is Ricky any less important than me or, or you? Absolutely not. In the image of God, he was made, and God sees him with the utmost importance. And the labels we put on it doesn't matter. Because God sees you differently. And what would happen in our world if we saw people through the eyes of God and we saw them differently? They're rich, they're poor, made in the image of God. Good for telling you that I, that I understand it. I'm tell, not telling you that I'm good at it. The Amish still blow my mind. When someone walks into their school and kills their children and they walk out with forgiveness and love and compassion towards the killer, I don't get it. My flesh locks and loads his gun and wants to solve the problem. I'll be honest with you. I, I struggle with that part. But what would happen if we saw that killer made and created in the image of God. What would society look like if we stopped writing off the homeless, the mentally ill, the inmate on death row, or the refugee without a homeland? If we truly believe that every human being is God's idea, and that every one of us is made to know him and to make him known, would it change us? I think it would. Every day would be Valentine's Day. Every day would be a day of love and compassion. A day of the fruit of the Spirit living out in every one of our lives. Adults spend their lives saying, look at me as I drive this car. Look at me as I have this money. Look at me, how I dance, how I play, the clothes that I wear, the intellectual words that I speak. God made us to say, look at him, not look at us. Will people see us? The last question is, will people see us? Do they see us or do they see God? Do they see us or do they see God? The rest of the band, if they would come on up, Pam's already up there. You were God's idea. Before you were ever conceived by your parents, you were conceived by God. Your name is written in the book of life. He knows you. Your days have been ordained. How long you live has already been predetermined. God knows everything about you. Made in his image. Made in his likeness. As we grow in Christ and become more like Christ, we become his image, his likeness to the world around us.
You're God's idea. The world has told you you don't matter. The world has told you you're not good enough. The world says that the job you work is a stupid job. You should have a better job. The world tells you the house you live in is just could be better. It, it tells you all kinds of garbage. I want to tell you, it's not how God sees you. You're his idea. Isn't that amazing? That is absolutely awesome to me. That you're beautifully, wonderfully made in his image. Every head bowed, every eye closed, we come to the Lord this morning. Maybe for the first time you see yourself the way that God sees you. You don't see yourself as you see in the mirror, but you see yourself through the eyes of God who says you're made in my image. And maybe you never realized that before, and today you realize that. And today you want that relationship with that God who loves you, that God who made you in his image. And today you'd like to have eternal life with him. If that's your heart's cry, would you just raise your hand and say, Brother Jim, pray for me as I give my life to Christ today. I realize that I am beautifully, wonderfully made in his image, and I want to spend eternity with him. And I'm committing that today. If that's your heart's cry, just raise your hand and say, Pastor Jim, pray for me. Lord bless you. Lord bless you. Maybe you've been walking with him for years and anxiety, depression, life has just beat you down. And today you just need to hear that you're loved, that you're special, created in his image. And you just want to receive that today and say, God, thank you for making me in your image and your likeness. Pastor Jim, pray for me as I receive that and it changes how I live and how I see life. Just raise your hand. Say, pray for me, Pastor Jim. Bless you. We'll bless you. We'll bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, why in the world would you love me? Because I'm made in your image and in your likeness. Father, before anything else happened, you knew me. You created this world with me in mind. Jesus, you hung on the cross with me in mind. You died and you rose from the grave with me in mind. And today, I just want to say thank you. And Father, as you continue to form us and shape us in your image, as we continue to read your word and pray and study and walk like you and talk like you, May this world be impacted. May it be a different place because I'm here, made in your image, sharing the love of Christ with those around me. We ask and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.